This is a War Machine Rhino. What's up? This is TJP. This is a Swingman Johnny Swinger. This is Father James Mitchell. And you're listening to Total Nonstop Analysis. Total Nonstop Analysis. Total Nonstop Analysis. Total Nonstop Analysis, Daddy. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Total Nonstop Analysis podcast. I'm your host, Carmen Michael. Joined always by my beautiful best friends, KP and Davis. Davis, it's so good to see your beautiful face. We really missed you last week. How the hell are you guys? Fucking cold. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Davis is about in the same mood I am. The first two days I was enjoying the break, but now I'm just kind of over it. I want this to be over with. I, I'm honestly, well, I want to, I want to go to work. <laughs> for, those, being home. for those of you listening at home, we live in North Alabama, separated by about an hour drive, and everything snowed in, which is very strange for our area. Yeah, there, there is practically a blizzard uh, outside of my house, <laughs> which was the weirdest experience. Yep. <laughs> it's. I don't think it's ever been this bad in a while where we've been. Snowed in and stuck at home for days. Yeah, I'm I'm used to snow living here in Huntsville, but you know it's usually like a light dusting, maybe yeah. three, four times a year. This was like, I mean, I know it's nothing to Northerners, but yeah, it is. I mean, we got a, we got a good probably four inches because here, we which can't is drive crazy in the snow. <laughs> it's not the snow; it's the ice. Yeah, it's the ice. Yeah, <laughs> people in Alabama. Door. People in Alabama can't drive anyway, so when you no, add ice to the equation, it's a no-go. I opened my door last night, and I was like, well, why is it Skyrim outside? What happened? <laughs> Looking like a Sting entrance, walking out the front yeah. door. Yeah, I was like, damn it, Sting. He's doing it so many times in Jacksonville, it made its way up here to Alabama. I do want to give a quick shout-out to last week's special guest, Johnny Pipes. Johnny, we may not always see eye to eye, but I got to say, your workout kicked my ass last week after the podcast, so thanks Ooh. for that. We we got in a good bit of cardio, then worked out chest for about two or three hours, so. Damn. I was a little sore the next day. I'm already seeing improvement, so thanks so much, Johnny. If he ever uh, decides to, to do it again, uh, I hope to join you. I, I don't think he likes you very much, but. We can see about that. That's true. He he did call me a nerd. So last week we discussed TNA Final Resolution 2005. It was a decent pay-per-view. A lot more singles matches than we typically see for a TNA pay-per-view. You know, we saw the match between Jeff Hardy and Scott Hall. The triple threat number one contenders match with Monty Brown, DDP, and Kevin Nash. Which, by the way, DDP liked our tweet about that. Which Yep, he did. Which surprised me when I got that notification. Shout out to DDP. <laughs> Maybe he listens to the pod. Maybe he, he wants to be a guest on the pod. Oh, that would be great. Just contact us. Our DMs are always open. And then we had that crazy, crazy triple threat ultimate X match. Which, Davis, I'm not sure if you watched the pay-per-view, but you have to go back. And rewatch that Ultimate X match, one of the greatest matches in TNA history. You on have a to. Otherwise, 
pretty mediocre show. Let's not lie. It pretty much saved the pay-per-view. We're going to skip ahead a couple weeks and go to the go-home show for Against All Odds. This show aired February 11th, 2005, Impact on FSN. The show begins with the recap package of number one contender Kevin Nash receiving what looked to be a pretty nice massage when Jeff Jarrett tries to attack. Nash manages to evade the guitar shot and then stalks Jarrett through the hall in his towel looking like some sort of strangely sexy horror movie. KP, you're our horror movie expert. Yes. What do you think about this? It was a very weird opening to start Impact. <laughs> when you see a large man stalking you in his underwear and a towel like that, you just well, I must you need to find Impact. a place to go. <laughs> After this, we cut to ringside, and Mike Tanay and Don West recap what happened last week when all of a sudden they receive breaking news in the back from Director of Authority Dusty Rhodes. Dusty says anytime there's a pay-per-view as big as against all odds, matches require stipulations and then declares that if Jeff Jarrett uses his guitar, he will be disqualified and Kevin Nash will become NWA champion once again. Didn't we have this stipulation just a few months ago? I thought so. I was like, this seems a little familiar. Why isn't this the default for all Jeff Jarrett matches if this is a consistent problem? Makes no sense to me whatsoever. But we go into our first match. It's my second least favorite member of Team Canada, Johnny Devine, along with Team Canada, going one-on-one with Sonny Siaki. This is a short match. Gotta say... The only person in Team Canada that I like less than Johnny Devine is A1, which I'm not even sure if you two even know who that is. I have no idea. Terrible, terrible. (laughs) Sonny Siaki starts off hot, maintains control early on before Coach Damore distracts the ref, allowing Eric Young to drop Siaki on the ropes. Team Canada uses the man advantage all throughout. You guys know the drill by now. I will say there's a beautiful pop-up power slam by Sonny Siaki. He is a master at those moves. Absolutely love them. In the end, though, Divine wins with a roll-up using the middle rope for leverage in only 3 minutes and 54 seconds. It's another singles match on Impact regular television, so 3 minutes is about about the usual. I mean, my biggest note from this is not even about the match, but but apparently commentary at one point said Lance Hoyt, so I guess he's not Dallas anymore. Yeah, I, I caught that. I was like, wait, he, he, when, when did he become Lance Hoyt, not Dallas? After this, we see a video package highlighting last weekend's Super Bowl party with TNA stars Monty Brown, DDP, and Jeff Jarrett hanging out with NFL players who are asking questions and interacting, but you can tell they have no idea what the hell TNA wrestling is <laughs> or have the slightest care. But I will say shout out to Adam Sandler for just walking around on one of the boats. <laughs> they made sure to show him and give him a little nameplate. So. <laughs> yeah, I was like, wait, is Adam Sandler supposed to be there? Or 
I'm not sure how many episodes of TNA Adam Sandler appeared on, but <laughs> there, there's your one. <laughs> After this, we cut backstage with Shane Douglas and Monty Brown. Monty Brown and Diamond Dallas Page are going to be facing Scott Hall and Bobby Roode at Against All Odds. What? Mon- <laughs> Did you not watch the episode? <laughs> No, no, no. That, that, that's my notes. I saw the ma- I saw the match announcement. I was just like, "What is this? What?" It seems a little random, but there's some pretty random tag pairings here. I mean, it <laughs> sounds fun, but I'm just like, uh, "Okay, here we go." Monty says he has not forgotten about Jeff Jarrett, and he's learned from the past, and he will become NWA champion. He says Scott Hall is getting into his business, and it's risky business to get in his way. Oh, he said it. And and one of the two men will receive a pounce. Period. Yeah, Monty's a great promo. He, like, I, I don't. I still just like don't understand why he wasn't a spoiler alert champion. Great promo, great wrestler. TNA. He, he just looks like a great... I mean, he, he has it all. And speaking of having it all, let's talk about a match that had potential here. <laughs> Up next, Chris Candido versus DDP. Holy hell, I did not remember this match at all. Like, I must have blocked this out of my memory. This is like a dream match to pretty much any worker... Both men highly regarded by their peers, and here they are just having a, a throwaway match on an episode of Impact Wrestling, airing at, you know, midnight on Friday night. <laughs> Seems crazy to me. Yeah, this was a this was better than I expected. Like when I saw it come out, I was like, okay, this is going to be a quick little squash for DDP. But no, it was actually really good. And uh, dude, Chris had a nice. Helaid suplex during that match. Yeah, Chris Candido is absolutely amazing. Yeah, and in that fucking finish, though, that was amazing. Yeah, unfortunately, this match only goes two minutes and twenty three seconds. But some good content here. Candido reverses a diamond cutter with a schoolboy attempt that is blocked. So while the ref is distracted, it hits a low blow. Candido goes to the top rope, but is then crotched by Page. DDP then hits a running diamond cutter from the top rope for the win. Man, so, this would have been so much better with some time. I would love to see these men go, you know, 12, 15 minutes. So quick note on, uh, apparently... And like early WCW days, uh, I assume, I just saw a clip on it the other day, uh, a diamond cutter from the top rope like that is known as a diamond death cutter. Or this is what they said on commentary back on WCW, back 90-something or another. It was just a random clip I saw on YouTube. I was like, I never remember it being called that, but apparently. I always love that variation. Uh, As soon as I saw him going for I was like, oh, is he going for a top rope diamond cutter? Yep. But alas, DDP does not have long to celebrate because Coach Damore and Bobby Roode interrupt. They say, come against all odds, it'll be a much different story. And says, we don't have to wait until Sunday. They can exchange fisticuffs anytime, anywhere. DDP tells Damore, shut the hell up, fat boy. 
and says to quote their partner Scott Hall, "Don't sing it, bring it." Team Canada then comes out and threatens DDP with the numbers advantage, but Monty hits the ring before anything can happen, and we cut to commercial break. Yep. What a way to. I love that body when Monty Brown came out there. I was honestly hoping that they'd be a big brawl. I was hoping to see DDP and Monty Brown beat some ass, but yeah, I'm always a nope. fan of the big pull apart brawls, like yeah. on the go home episodes. Like this is your last chance to sell a pay per view. Like, yeah, well, they... I want to see some physicality. <laughs> Fucking DDP, <laughs> shut the hell up, fat boy. <laughs> God damn it. And speaking of physicality. Then we get a recap of the Abyss Jeff Hardy feud. It's stated that they will battle in the very first ever full metal mayhem match at against all odds. I am so stoked for this. Like I mentioned last week, this is one of my favorite TNA feuds of all time. This is going to be dope. Dude, I can't, I can't wait. Uh, like just the little little thing we saw last pay per view, and then the recap. Uh, it looks like this Hardy Abyss feud is going to be great, and I'm 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 very much looking forward to this match. But well, what's up with like? Why do they keep like throwing in these random name matches? Or like the first ever Metal Mayhem match. It's like from what, what I, is that? From what <laughs> I understood from just this show, it's apparently a TLC match, but also chains. That was the tagline, but it's more or less just an anything goes match. There were, to your point, a lot of, you know, oddly named matches. But surprisingly enough, Full Metal Mayhem is one that actually stuck. So these are matches that still happen to this yeah. day, which I love. I'm going to say that they're putting a lot of stipulations in matches and like, you know, calling them cool names and stuff. Got to sell those pay-per-views, baby. Yeah, I mean... And speaking of pay-per-views, we get a rundown of Against All Odds. We are going to see BG James and NASCAR's Jeff Hammond take on Michael Shane and Frankie Kazarian. What the fuck? I saw that. I'm like, what? I don't know if this is some sort of like reparation for the NASCAR guy being on the same team as Ron Killings or what to make up for that first TNA show. <laughs> but it is so odd just hearing that. And yeah. speaking of odd, like we'll talk about it later on pretty soon about Jeff Hammond teaming up with three live crew. But this was my, <laughs> this is my first time hearing about this in, you know, over a decade. So this <laughs> threw me off so much. So we get BG James and Jeff Hammond versus Michael Shane and Frankie Kazarian. America's Most Wanted defending their NWA Tag Team Championships against Kid Cash and Lance Hoyt. We get Abyss versus Jeff Hardy in the first ever Full Metal Mayhem match. Diamond Dallas Page and Monty Brown versus Scott Hall and Bobby Roode. And then AJ Styles versus Christopher Daniels in a 30-minute Iron Man match. Sign me the fuck up. I heard that and my ears perked up because I was excited about Abyss Jeff Hardy. The rest of it, not so much. But when I heard 30-minute Iron Man match, AJ Styles, Christopher Daniels, like my whole body posture changed. And I was like, ooh. That's going to be good. Good deal. I'm so looking forward to that. I'm 
already going to say that's going to be the match of the night. Well, not so fast, because in the main event, we get the king of the mountain, Jeff Jarrett, defending his NWA World Heavyweight title against Kevin Nash. And if Jeff Jarrett uses a guitar, I mean, he's going to get disqualified. There's absolutely 0% chance he will use a guitar in this match. I guarantee it. I, I got $20 on Jeff Jarrett retaining by using a guitar in, in like five minutes. But not after a ref bump. Like, that would never happen. Never, never going to happen. <laughs> Up next, we get another... Sting-like vignette promoting a debut. We get all kinds of dark imagery. A man walking around in a trench coat, complete with a little girl whispering cryptic warnings. But again, I know who this is, so don't get your hopes up. (laughs) Way to ruin it, Carmen. I've been looking forward to this guy. I don't want you to have a broken heart. (laughs) Thinking someone as cool as The Undertaker, someone's showing up and it's just this doofus. (laughs) And then we get Jeff Hammond being accompanied by a three live crew facing David Young with Kazarian and Michael Shane. And first uh, off, first off, Jeff Hammond is dressed like a dad on a school field trip to the mountains. <laughs> I know. Complete with a little fur collared Canadian tuxedo and everything. <laughs> we get a pre-match three live crew promo that lasts much longer than the actual match. Yeah. Jeff Hammond grabs the mic and says, everyone thinks he can only turn left, but he's going to rough up David young. And I was like, okay, what does that have to do with anything? (laughs) He he made a couple of car puns in there. Yeah. I'm like, I know a bunch of motor mouths. Which he repeated multiple times. Yeah. He thought yeah, that was a good line. It, it, that's a good one. I'm going to use that one. I, I got to give it up for BG James because when it came out there, I was like, wait a minute. There's four of them. Is he going to do his normal thing or is he going to switch it up? And he switched it up very well. It, 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 of everything he did. worked. It's a professional. <laughs> it is important to note that David Young is on a two year losing streak. So, as you would expect during the match, BG James enters the ring, hits a pump handle slam on Young while the ref is distracted. Hammond hits a, let's say, a very unique running elbow drop for the victory. One of the best running elbow drops I've ever seen. Picks up the win in a minute, 28 seconds. (laughs) We're not going to talk about that awful ass spear that he hit. What every like, move like, that he hit was awful. Like like Goldberg during the Saudi match was hitting better spears than this guy. <laughs> Sorry about killed Carmen. Hey now, at least David Young didn't get crippled or anything during this match. <laughs> I understand why TNA is trying to bring in these celebrities to help boost pay per view sales, but kind of reminds me of something. Uh, it is so strange. <laughs> uh, you talking about like a retired basketball player that's going to have a match next week on a certain TNT show? No, nah, I would never talk about that. Never, never. Like I said, I mean, I'm seeing similarities and I don't like it. Hey, hey. <laughs> maybe Cody can make work some magic. That's all I'm hoping for. Hey, magic. Shaq played for a team called Magic. You made it. 
you made a sports reference and didn't even know it. Congratulations, Davis. You win. Yay. Yeah. Proud of you, buddy. <laughs> Backstage, Tracy asks Dusty where he's been. A flustered Dusty says he's been thinking about pay-per-views and stipulations. When Trinity exits the truck, adjusting her top, she tells Tracy not to worry about where Dusty's been before kissing Dusty's cheek and flirtatiously saying, and people call you an old man? Before walking off, Tracy's disgusted, tells Dusty to wipe the look off his face before storming away. Dusty breaks the fourth wall, looks directly at the camera and asks, did I miss something here? My only question is, when, when did when did Dusty get bitches? <laughs> last episode, Davis. Yeah. I missed everything had, last yeah. episode. Well, you didn't and, have to skip the show. Yeah, you could have still watched it. Uh, uh, Dusty's getting all kinds. Yeah, he's that, that whole competition and everything. <laughs> yeah, there was a competition between Tracy, Trinity, and Johnny Fairplay from Survivor to yep. see who would become his new assistant. And the competition has taken a uh, a very promiscuous turn. <laughs> Definitely, I'm just I'm just holding out for the knockout division. But Dusty looks like he's having the time of his life. Yeah. He's enjoying these segments. Yeah, it's, <laughs> is Dusty like doing a Vince McMahon thing here? Because it's very Vince McMahon-y. <laughs> he seems like he's having a lot more fun. He seems yeah. less sleazy. He's the director of authority. We cut back to ringside. And we see a little bit of a botch as a lone set of very wimpy pyro <laughs> launches. It, <laughs> it seemed like they cut back way too early. The whole thing just seemed off, which surprises me because I believe these shows were taped. So why would that not be edited out? At the commentary table, AJ Styles has joined Mike Tanay and Don West who were hyping his match for Sunday when a very angry Christopher Daniels storms through the tunnel with a microphone and tells AJ not to take him lightly. He accuses him of stealing his thunder and says he's not some ham sandwich like Chris Sabin or Sanjay Dutt. Which I gotta say, not to insult how it is. Try to, trying to play tough guy and you're going to call people ham sandwiches? I'm gonna start doing that. Like, way I'm to make start, your way to date yourself. I'm gonna <laughs> start using that line now. <laughs> Christopher Daniels really aging himself by saying that. <laughs> he slaps AJ. A fist fight ensues. Finally, we get a pull apart brawl. I'm so excited for this match. Ham sandwiches or not? A little weird of a pull apart brawl because like AJ was just sitting there at the commentary desk. <laughs> And then we get more X Division action right after this as Primetime, no longer Elix Skipper, but known as Primetime, faced Chris Sabin and Shark Boy in a three-way dance. This match is easily, easily matched in the night. That's not saying much, so. No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> Commentary announces that Ultimate X will be making its return at the March pay-per-view Shark Boy hits a beautiful sunset flip power bomb onto Prime Time, who hits a superplex onto Saban. 
wonderful Tower of Doom spot there. Finish comes when Shark Boy hits a Dead Sea drop, which is his version of a flipping corner stunner onto Saban. Primetime throws Shark Boy out of the ring to steal the pin. This match only goes two minutes and 54 seconds. It, it, it seemed longer than that, though. Unfortunately, like not. Yeah. I, mean, I had a great time for the two minutes and 54 seconds. I watched it. Chris Saban, man, he's absolutely amazing. And I finally see what you see in Shark Boy during that. I was like, okay, I'm a fan. <laughs> I'm I'm just glad that you can manage to have fun in two minutes and 54 seconds, <laughs> KP. That really says a lot about you. <laughs> After this, we get a recap of the AJ Styles, Christopher Daniels feud. And then we cut to earlier today where Mike Tanay is hosting a satellite interview from the ring. Both Nash and Jarrett have been banned from the building. Nash is in a undisclosed location in Los Angeles. Jeff Jarrett is in Nashville. Nash looks like he's sitting in front of a giant marijuana plant for some reason. He does. (laughs) It's, I mean, it's a pretty normal interview here. Tanae asks Nash how he feels about the stipulation. Nash says nothing's changed about his game plan. He's been hitting the gym hard, doesn't get paid by the hour, and he plans on hitting hard and finishing early. We've all been there, right? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We know Mr. Two Minutes and 54 Seconds. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, God, I hate you. I just, I just, can they show any emotion in this interview? Just, just <laughs> That's what any, I was thinking. Like, any emotion? Like, usually Jared's pretty good about, you know, showing emotion and getting shit over, even though it's, we've seen it over and over and over. But, like, he doesn't even show any emotion. And of course, Nash doesn't give a shit. Like, Anything. Nope. This had all the intensity of a sleepy old man telling stories at a nursing home. It was (laughs) Nash said that he's been uh, working hard, uh, hitting the bag for 15 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Not much work out there. (laughs) Nonchalantly. Yeah. Been hitting the gym hard. Uh, Got the body bags 15 minutes. uh. Just like way too much emotion, Carmen. Way too much emotion. On a scale of 1 to 10, he was at about a 2 throughout this whole thing. Also, if 1 was Orange Cassidy sleeping, he was at about a 2. Also, uh, Jeff Jarrett doesn't recall using a guitar to win his matches. He said he won his matches using the stroke. I was like, "Mm, that's a little different than what I saw. (laughs) A little fib from the champion. Jarrett... (laughs) Jarrett is wearing a very ill-fitting suit, looking like it's his first time in court. He says he'll hold on to the title by any means necessary. Tanae asks Nash what lit the fire under him, which is hilarious, giving Nash's response. He says, gold is my motivation. I just want to be champion. Yeah. Talks talks about champions and all this, all kinds of sports and how the title is the most important thing. Again, super underwhelming. Not a lot of emotion. And then Jarrett, out of nowhere, fires up. 
Today says that Jarrett eats, sleeps, and breathes professional wrestling and asks what that title means to him, which really <laughs> makes Jarrett out to be the babyface here when Tanae words it that way. Jarrett says it means the world to him, and he's defended it all across the globe, and he wants to be better than anyone who's ever held the title before him. And then <laughs> Tanae asks, after so many surgeries to Nash's knee, do you think that's his Achilles heel? Jarrett says, you don't win the bigger one by giving away your game plan. He plans on doing what he has to do to win. He was very heavy on the, I'll do what I have to do to win. So Yeah. I wonder what could happen. Definitely not a guitar. And then the promo ends with the two just exchanging middle school insults at each other. It, it was awful. God, dude, that that evening of just Nash saying, because uh, because at one point Nash said that he he wants to bring the gold home to his wife. He thinks he thinks uh, th- that'll be great. Then he ends it by saying that you know he he's gonna walk out as the champion Sunday, and then Jeff Jarrett fires back with a, a no, I'm a walk I'm a walk in champion, I'm a walk out champion. I'm like, come on, guys, you can do a little better than that. Good one. No emotion whatsoever. And then for our main event of the night, we get the longest match on the card, you know, a real, a real physical brawl. You know, everyone really left it all out there. Huge main event. And by that, I mean, we get a six minute matchup in which the team of Kid Cash, Lance Hoyt and Raven face America's Most Wanted and Dustin Rhodes. Action breaks down all throughout the ringside area. And then Dustin picks up the win over Raven with a running bulldog out of nowhere. Really quick, do nothing match. I also love their reasoning for this team for this whole six man happening. They're like, oh, A and W has to face Kid Cash and uh, and Lance Hoy of the pay per view, and Dustin has to face Raven. So we're just gonna throw all of them together. And give it exactly. and give a nice little preview for the matches because that's totally how that how that's gonna make sense. Pretty much a nothing match here. Supposed to hype up everyone for the pay per view, but kind of falls flat on my end. I mean, I, I would definitely not buy the pay per view if I was in this year. But that concludes the show. So, initial thoughts, everyone. Davis. I was just confused the whole time. <laughs> like some of the some of the pay per view matches look good, and you know I'm a little bit biased, but the GDP match was was pretty fun. But other than that, I'm just like, what the fuck is going on? And I know we've skipped some shows, and I missed last week, but what? What about UKP? What are your initial thoughts watching this episode? Besides the exhibition match, the Sharp Boy Primetime and Chris Saban was really the only thing I enjoyed on this show. The whole show just seemed like a whole lot of nothing. Very lackluster go-home show. I really don't see how this brought in any pay-per-view buys whatsoever. I am excited for Against All Odds, though, because the preview does have all the matches do look really fun. But I'm being cautiously optimistic about it because I've been excited about a pay-per-view before that we've that we've been excited about on here, and it turned out to be absolutely terrible. <laughs> I mean, y'all have already said it. At this point, I'm kind of tired of the impact formula at this point. I mean, we only get an hour long show and it's like 
every week we get a couple of sub five minute matches that really mean nothing. And then the rest of it is basically an infomercial for the pay-per-view. I'm kind of over it at this point, honestly. I still love TNA. I love the pay-per-views. I love the talent. I love some of the stories. But overall, like these impact shows are just not cutting it. Nope. Next, we get our fan questions. This is my favorite time of the week. I love this so much. Our first question comes from Blake Latham, who asks, who were some of your favorite names in wrestling to switch to TNA? Davis, who were some of your favorites to jump to TNA so far? To jump to TNA? Uh, I guess DDP? What about you, KP? you have any ideas? DDP, for sure. Since we're counting DDP, do we count Raven, too? Because... Mm-hmm. Love Raven, Jeff Hardy, and he's yeah, we're easily. Just, we're just talking about any sort of big debut yeah, in TNA uh, so far up until the beginning of 2005. Yeah, Jeff Hardy, DDP, Raven. I think that may be it. I'm going to say ditto to everything you just said, KP. I'm also going to add in Sting. I know y'all haven't seen a Sting match yet, but he had a couple back in 2003. I know we skipped over that era, but I mean it still counts. We're going up until 2005, so yeah. I'm gonna say Raven, Raven, DDP, Jeff Hardy, and Sting. I I I didn't even know he was in TNA at this point. He came in for a couple of matches back in the weekly pay per view era, and then disappeared for a couple years. And he didn't re debut until uh, around this time. We'll we'll see him soon. Our next question comes from our buddy, Glenn Brannon Jr. Consistent with the questions. I got to appreciate that. Shout out to Glenn. We love you, buddy. Thanks so much for asking questions every week. We couldn't do this segment if it wasn't for questions. So we appreciate you. He asks, what is your go-to wrestling match you would show to people who are not wrestling fans? He says his is WrestleMania 17 TLC, the Hardys versus Dudleys versus Edge and Christian. A lot of options here. Do you go with the technical masterpieces? Do you go with the storyline driven matches? Do you go with something fun? There's a lot of options here. Two that I really like that. And I'll probably think of more as we go along, but two that I can think of that I can show someone who is either a lapsed wrestling fan or, you know, has never got into it. But WrestleMania 10, Shawn Michaels versus Razor Ramon, the first ever ladder match. That that's that's just gold right there. And then Halloween Havoc 98, DDP and Goldberg. That's also just a mm. fantastic match. Chef's kiss, beautiful match. I hate that not everyone got to watch that as it happened. <laughs> W or WWE, WCW did not allot the proper amount of time with their pay-per-view providers, and thus the match cut off before the finish. So they had to actually replay the match in its entirety on Nitro the next night, which was insane. I want to say that's actually how I saw it back in the day was on Nitro. I will say I would be very upset if I ordered that pay-per-view to see DDP and Goldberg and basically my last image of the pay-per-view was 
Hogan and Ultimate Warrior, which I ordered that pay-per-view as a kid, but, you know, as a six-year-old, it's not like I, you know, was really that invested into it monetarily. So <laughs> I wasn't upset that I lost money. I was like, oh, well, that's a bummer. What about you, KP? What match would you show a, f- a new wrestling fan? Or, sorry, what match would you show to somebody who has never watched a wrestling match before? Three, I guess, really come to mind. I, I believe three. It, you know, this is just more of a... It, 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 Taze just kind of show people, you know, why it is that we like wrestling because of the stories that drive us that is like, you know, pull us that pull us in and keep us watching each week. I'm going to go just for the pure emotional aspect of it. I'm going to go with Undertaker and Shawn Michaels, WrestleMania 25. I'm going to go with John Cena versus CM Punk money in the bank, 2011. And then I'm going to go with Cody versus Dustin at double or nothing, 2019. Ooh, I was there for one of those. Yep. Great I'm choices. really, I'm really surprised you didn't say Omega Okada four. Well, I, I feel like you would need to know more. You, you can't. Just, yeah, there, there's a lot of lot of backstory to that that yeah, you really you, need. You can't just show somebody Omega Okada four and them to understand the everything about that match because there's a lot of throwbacks. I could show them the first one and them get it, but yeah, I get yeah. the point. For me, I've actually managed to con- well convert one person for sure, and another one halfway with fun things. So one of them was my ex girlfriend, and you know she was like, "You're really interested in wrestling? Like, I kind of want to check it out." So I was thinking, like, what's something that you know kind of gets over the characters, something fun, something unique. So I went with a Royal Rumble match. So, you know, the, it's fast-paced. I mean, it's an easy concept to understand. You just throw your opponent over the top. And it's full of characters. Like, you get 30 people in there. There's still the emotion. There's still storytelling. But it's something that anyone can kind of come in and watch. And, you know, it's fun to count down and make buzzer noises. So that one worked with her. She actually became a pretty big wrestling fan after that. And then the other was one of my former roommates... He walked in my bedroom one night when I was watching Daniel Bryan with his speech coming back to wrestling. And, you know, he kind of walked by and he got really entranced by Daniel Bryan. And he was like, well, wrestlers look like that now. I said, yeah, you know, there are all kinds of different shapes and sizes. And I was telling the story like, you know, he had to retire because of an injury. He's coming back years later. And he's like, dude, like this guy's really emotional. Like he... Like really cares about this. I said, yeah, absolutely. And he said his one hangup with it was, y'all don't believe that's real, do you? So I showed him the final deletion, <laughs> followed by WLC. And he's like, okay, I, I get it. Like, <laughs> everyone's in on it. It's fun. And, you know, it's just entertainment. It's theater, but with physicality. Like, he enjoyed it. He He didn't become like a fan, but he would watch it with me when it was on. So I don't know how much it would apply to everybody, but I'm also going to throw in just about any orange Cassidy match because that turned my girlfriend into a 
slight wrestling fan, like just seeing his antics. Like anytime, anytime he's on the screen, she's she has to watch and see what's going on. So I'm gonna throw that in there too. Most of any, anything, anything, probably his match with Pac is one of the best because it's shows him being goofy and then it shows him kicking ass all in the same match. Either the Pac match or Orange Cassidy and Kylie Ray. I, for one, was not an Orange Cassidy fan. I did not get it whatsoever until I was in the building for Double or Nothing when he was in the Casino Battle Royale. And being in the room with everyone, once again, being in on it and acting like his shin kicks were the most devastating thing. I'm like, okay, this is fun. I actually love this. So that's what sold me on Orange Cassidy. I would also throw in Cody versus Nick Aldis at All In. Just because the moment the moment he wins that title and is crying, that's when you, you really know like what this really means to them. I, we're going to have to stop here. We're going to go all night, but I just had another one. This is probably more for a lapsed wrestling fan than someone who's never seen it, but uh, Jericho and Omega at Wrestle Kingdom. Like, just how that came together and, you know, show people, show, basically show people New Japan. That's what reinvigorated my love for wrestling, honestly. You know, being a Jericho fan, seeing that he was in New Japan, I had heard of Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks. I'd seen, like, clips. But watching that whole show, I was like, oh, my God. Like, then I dove into New Japan. I dove into ROH, started checking yeah. out other companies, and now I'm, I'm back into being full-fledged wrestling nerd. So, I mean, obviously, yeah. we host a wrestling podcast, so. Yep. <laughs> Had match that match is how I discovered Kenny Omega and what made me like, okay, this is this is my dude. And speaking of being fully immersed in wrestling, this next question is New South centric, which I appreciate. You know, the questions don't have to be specifically TNA related. You can ask us anything. You can ask us on dates for all I care. You know, whatever. This question comes from Big Dave. And he asks, who is your current favorite to win the Haas tournament for New South? Obviously, the Haas tournament, the annual tournament New South does every year on IWTV. Two nights every year, the best in independent wrestling come together. Total nonstop analysis, one of the official sponsors this year. So we will be there. We will be, you know, signing autographs, taking pictures, whatever it is you want. We'll be the ones with a giant TNA banner. Come say hello to the two Kyles. I will be on commentary during the show, but, you know, cast me before the show. We'll get a picture, shake hands, fist bump, whatever we're allowed to do in COVID. And also, you know, intermission and after the show. Just a little refresher. Like I said, there are 16 entrants. As of recording this episode on Thursday, February 18th, entrant number one, Sean Christopher. At number two, Adam Priest. Three, Kevin Ryan. Four, Nolan Edward coming hot off of Bloodsport, taking on Cal Jack. Five, our first ever non-binary entrant into the Haas tournament, Max the Impaler. Number six, you've seen him on WWE, ECW, 205 Live, AEW Dark, Colin Delaney. Number seven, 
also on Bloodsport. And coming up this weekend, we'll be taking on John Moxley in the main event of Bloodsport 5. We have Davey Boy Smith Jr., former WWE Tag Team Champion, former IWGP Tag Team Champion. I'm stoked about that one. Number eight, Two Fly Tie. Number nine, O'Shea Edwards, who just made his debut for ROH. We got Matthew Justice. Number 11, Logan Creed. At number 12, we will find out this weekend if it is either Kung Fu Donnie Janela or Dylan McQueen. 13, Jaden Newman or Jordan Oliver. And then 14 through 16 is a mystery right now. We will find out this weekend. But as of right now, who do you think is in the lead to win Haas Tournament? And every year, the final four face off in a fatal four-way. So just to make things interesting, who would your final four be out of the current list? Okay, so uh, we're gonna, we're going to assume that Donnie Janela gets in for my for my final four, but I'm going to say Logan Creed, Kevin Ryan, Donnie Janela, and Two Fly Tiger. We need a chicken shit hill in there. What about you, KP? Who would your final four be? Man. Uh, I'm going to, okay. I'm also going to assume that Donnie Janela gets in. So I'm going with Donnie Janela, Logan Creed, Adam Priest, and Matthew Justice. All right. All right. This is all a guess here. I honestly do not know (laughs) the bracket yet. Out of the ones mentioned so far, Adam Priest, Sean Christopher, O'Shea Edwards, and Kung Fu Janela. Good question. Good question. Cannot wait for the Haas tournament this year. My favorite time of the year, every year for New South, but this year, this hits a little different knowing that the three of us will be there celebrating and sponsoring the show. But now it is time to rate this episode of TNA Impact from February 11th, 2005. My people, was it TN Amazing? TNA? TNA? TN Acceptable or TN? Awful. Davis, I will let you go first. It just barely makes a T unacceptable. Like the the X Division match and the GDP match about the only things that I really cared about. Like I'm excited for some of the pay-per-view matches, but other than that, I'm just like, eh. What about UKP? How do you rate this episode? T unacceptable. For the same reasons as that Davis said. For me, I'm excited about the pay-per-view. But honestly, this episode was trash. I'm going TN awful. <sighs> Worst episode we've seen so far. That was not the initial show. But that concludes our ratings. 
It's time for our weekly plugs. You know the drill by now, everyone listening at home. You know our podcasts. I just want to shout out, you can find our merch on storefrontier.com slash total nonstop analysis. We've got the rating shirt. We got shirts with the three of our faces if you were bold enough to go that direction. Davis, what do you have going on in life? Where can the people find you? Find me on Twitter at uh, Kyrick3289. That's K-Y-R-I-C-3289. I am doing Twitch. I did a four and a half hour uh, Resident Evil debate with a buddy of mine. Uh, That's at twitch.tv slash K-Y-R-I-C Kyrick. Planning a Final Fantasy X stream here pretty soon, so look forward to that. Other than that, that's all I got going at the moment. I just want to say I'm proud of you. The streak is broken. Davis is actually streaming. We can't make jokes anymore, KP. I, I hosted the stream. I hosted that. Are you taking I'm, are you taking credit? I'm taking credit for, for it. For Davis getting I'm on Twitch. I'm taking credit for it because I set up the debate. You were no. the moderator. No. <laughs> Let Davis have this. Good on you, Davis. KP, where can the people at home find you? You can find me on Twitter at uh, Kyle S. Prescott. And as for me, you can find me on Twitter at Carmen M. Childers. Check out New South Wrestling on IWTV every Tuesday night for Action Clash. Follow them at New South underscore PW. And, you know, just follow the socials. Keep an eye out to see who is going to be in Haas Tournament. Because there are some uh, pretty big names still to be determined. And we still have the bracket to be released. So super stoked on that. But thanks again, everybody, for joining us. We love you so much. Thanks for listening. We hope to see you next week as we review Against All Odds. So long. So long.